Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey, y'all, and welcome to another episode of the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and we have a great show in store for you today. In fact, this is a third person from this family who's been on the show. There's a couple other families that have had many siblings or parents or, or cousins on the show. I can particularly think of the Evans family. We've had a lot of their family members on. Well, now we are having the third Smallbone on the show. Today, Joel Smallbone, who is one of the duos within the band for King and Country, today he's on the show. Well, just a few weeks ago, his sister, Rebecca St. James, was on the show. And last fall, his wife, Mariah, was on the show. And I fell in love with his wife. She's a dear, dear person and love the work she's doing. And I get the opportunity to tell him that as well. But today, Joel is here. And we had such a great conversation talking about touring life and how do we become the least of these and and what does it look like to rest and really lean into the sabbath and then we get to talk about how much fun he had at the houston rodeo and let me tell you stick around to the end because he pours out some encouragement for those of you that are listening that are women it is so encouraging and i was so grateful for his words if you missed any shows recently the show on wednesday was with joby martin we talked about easter and the resurrection and then last friday was joel metamali and we talked about good friday and what that means for us as believers in jesus and what that friday Friday actually meant and even what it was like on Saturday. I have a favor to ask you if you're enjoying the show, we would love it if you would give us a rating and a review. Uh, those ratings and reviews, they don't just boost our confidence. Uh, in fact, I hardly ever look at them, to be honest, kind of guard my heart that way. But what they do is they help other people find the happy hour. And we've had some amazing shows this April. In fact, in a couple weeks, we're going to have a whole series on foster care. We've got a whole series this summer about loving the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, and your body, and what that looks like. And so we just have some great content. And I'm super proud of this show. I say it all the time. I'm so proud of this show. And so when you rate it and you review it, it helps other people find amazing guests that we've been so privileged and honored to have on the happy hour. So I would really appreciate it if you just take some time in your day to do that. All right, you guys, here is my conversation with Joel Smallbone from For King and Country. Joel, welcome to the happy hour. Oh, my Jamie, it's good to be with you. So we were saying this off air, but you have spoken to all the ladies that I love. Um, you've spoken to my sister just 30 minutes ago. And, and yes. you spoke to my wife last year. Now you've just got to sp speak to my younger sister, Libby, and my mom. And then you would have all of the bases. All of them. Covered. Well, your mom just released a book this um, this um, spring. And so right. congrats to her. I know. I know. Yeah, we're... we're, we're uh, We've been sort of, you know, mom is an immigrant, raised seven kids, um, five boys, two girls, moved, you know, moved continents. And we've been sort of encouraging her for a while now. Hey, you got to like tell this story from your own perspective. And we're really proud of her. She, she bit the bullet, I as they that. say. I love that. Now, if anyone doesn't know, you are part of the duo for King and Country. And mm -hmm. I believe, I want you to correct me if I'm wrong. Did you play an Easter service in Austin, Texas a couple of years ago? Or Good Friday, Good Friday. That sounds right. Um, you know, the trouble like I've lived a long time from two thousand and the good service, the good Good Friday Easter services is they're usually a really odd, like 
like 5 a.m. in the morning. Obviously, sunrise services, all that. Now, yeah. So you just sort of you sort of log them in a weird part in your brain. But yes, let's say we did. We were there, Jamie, with bells. <laughs> and it was on. amazing. And it was awesome. <laughs> it was I remember amazing. it so clearly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I'm so glad you're here. And I told you this before we started that I had your wife, Mariah, on um in the fall. She was on, if anyone's want to go back and find it, it was November 10th of last year. And I just want to say that when we sat down and recorded for that episode, I came into it with kind of no expectations, right. not high, not low, right. zero. Right. I left thinking this is one of the greatest people I've ever met in my entire life. Your wife is a gem. A a um, pearl of great price. Is it prize or price? Whatever you want to say, Joel, is what it is. The, both. The girl of great, great. She's both the, of them. Yeah, the pearl of great price and prize. Yeah, look, Jamie, she is, I'm convinced as a guy that the happy marriages I've seen are the guys that actually marry up. Um, mm. And I'm convinced. I mean, it's not hard for guys to marry up in general, just because girls are so much more <laughs> awesome than guys, generally speaking. You know, but um, but I I certainly um, yeah I I I found the diamond in the rough to use another uh, analogy. I love it. It was just a phenomenal conversation, and she's doing such good work in her lane um, with music and with teaching and everything mm. she's doing in Nashville. Mm. Um, I just think you guys are just the cutest little thing uh, over there, just in love in Nashville, doing your things. <laughs> um, I got to ask you a question, and I think that. Um, this is a question that my husband and I get asked often as well because we're running. We always say we're running towards the same goal, and we've got the same goal to tell people about Jesus and make him known. Yeah. He does it in a different way, and I do it in a different way. But some right. people see that and be like, how do you guys do it? And so we have an answer for how we do it, but I want to know, how does your small bone family, how do you guys do that well? Well, different strokes for different folks, right? And that's what I love about you and your husband, me and my wife. In that, and I think this is actually the beauty of God. God is actually the beauty of God is found in diversity, is diversity of expression, diversity of ethnicity, diversity of thought, of gender, all of that, you know. And and so, I I'll say this with the preface that I really don't think any of us have a corner of how to express God. In fact, that's the beauty inherently is that we all express just different um, aspects and attributes. Um, of him um i think i hope that i express god in the way of by way of looking for um the light in everyone and everywhere like really going on a search for it like i, I it's very rare that I get to a place with any human and I'm like, Hey, um, now there's a couple of people I have to really pray for <laughs> my own heart. Actually, I'm sort of convicted about one in particular right now, but, um, you know, it's very rare that I get to this place where I'm like, Hey, that's just, I'm, I'm, I'm out on that. And ironically, Jamie, the only times I've actually gotten to that place of like, Hey, I'm, I, I sort of, I find it really hard to be in your presence is usually tied to some sort of religious extremism where I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't handle this thing. 
um, I've got to get out of there. So uh, yeah, I, I would say my my expression of God to 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 humans is is trying to empathize and trying to show compassion because we're all we've all got this shadow self. We're all in this process of darkness and journey, you know, uh, joy and suffering. And and for me to come in at any point and sort of cast a, a sense of judgment on someone without knowing their experiences and their history and uh, and whatnot just feels um, very, well, judgmental of, yeah. of me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was reading some press. Um, I think it, it came through my inbox a while ago. Mm. And I was reading some press about this new project that you and your brother um, just recently um it's all out now. Yeah, isn't it's it? all out. The whole album. The whole yeah, the thing. whole album's out. Yeah, yeah the whole thing's ago. out. What are we waiting for? This um, album that you're going to be guys are going to be on tour with um, from now, um, March 31st to the end of May, basically. <clears throat> and in there you say, this, the press guide said this. It said, Brothers Joel and Luke provide the answer across 13 tracks that confront relevant issues and can confirm the duo's commitment to community, diversity, and family. And you know, mm. I, I, I read that mm. and I thought, man... This is not something that they are just saying. This is something that's evident in their life because, and the only reason I know that I, I've never met you in person. I've spoken to your wife. I've now spoken to your sister. I see your mom's book that she released and you guys really do have this commitment towards community and family. Um, and I just want to ask like, how is that beneficial for you uh, in your personal life, in your work life? Why is that important to you guys? I read a great quote this morning and I'm going to botch it a little bit. So forgive me. Um, but it basically said that we, we are so focused on the things we dislike. Like we're so focused on our boycotts or the things we disagree on. Mm -hmm. And that's such a powerful thing to be focused on those negativities is a very powerful thing that we actually miss inside that, the things that we're the commonality and, and the positive mm -hmm. side of um where we can find relation points and i think to the nth degree interestingly enough just stepped out of a a, a reasonably um um you know sensitive family meeting moments ago um interestingly enough if you're not real careful with those you love the most you can start drawing in straight lines and and mm. and not leave room for like thinking the best and hoping or just leaving room for people's stories right and so i um i think one of the beauty the the beauties of both the record and where we find ourselves mariah and me and in her family like we live in a compound with her parents i live on the back of my parent we live on the back of my parents property like it's a very communal thing is that hey we think very differently like i am an australian caucasian she is a <laughs> you know hispanic a uh, uh, woman mm -hmm. deeply ingrained in that sort of West Coast Mexican culture, mm -hmm. and and so there's all of a sudden this sort of melting pot of cultures, which is beautiful, and um, I love it. I think that's kind of the spice. I love spicy food. That's kind of the spice of life is is found in this sort of these culture cultures meeting. And so, uh, our hope, partly with the record, and it's a high compliment to hear that comment, is that. We're writing from a family perspective, obviously writing from a spiritual perspective, but we're also writing from For sort sure. of a global family perspective of going, guys, we're all on, we're all on the same side here. Mm. You know, let's, let's dig a little deeper than just the surface level 
judgments and find the heart of things and 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 find commonality because it I feel like it's there if we just do a little mm. put in a little bit of an effort you know and like I said I'm I'm convicted just as much as the next guy right now by speaking these words because there are certain people even down to this morning that I was like oh, I need to check myself on that what I said well I think it's just this idea as followers of Jesus of like how do we act like him and how do we you know be in community the way he was and how do we speak to people the way that he did and how do we mm. model our lives to look like him I mean mm. God's word says like be imitators of God mm. and and that's just like wow I look around at just maybe not the global church because I'm not as familiar with it, but the North American church and think, man, there's so much unity that we have that we're not stepping into. And I think that's kind of what you're speaking to right now. You know, that we have the opportunity to do that. It's there. It it very much is. And I'm, I'm hopeful. Let me say this, like Mm -hmm. I'm speaking of, you know, being thankful. I I love someone said the other day, they were like, Hey, are you a cup half full or a cup half empty person? Mm -hmm. And they said, I'm just thankful that there is a cup. And I thought, oh, I love that. Like, so uh, in in the spirit of I'm just thankful that there is a cup. um, I believe a lot of the sort of turning of the soil that we're, you know, sort of very facing full on right now with the American, even the Australian church in general Mm. uh, and, and leadership particularly is this really hard lesson that we have to learn as a as a sort of a global church if you will that we got to get back to the tenets of of mm. Jesus Christ and and his spirit i mean I, I always looked at jesus journey as like a crescendo like the stuff that he said towards the end like the lord's prayer and forgive them because they don't know what they're doing all this sort of stuff is sort of the paramount moments you know, he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he said, if I understand the, the order of his journey well, was, um, you know, towards the end, his disciples are starting to get a bit arrogant. And they're sort of having this very adolescent argument about who's the greatest. Mm-hmm. And he makes this sort of passing but revolutionary comment and says, hey, if you want to be the greatest, you've got to be the least. Man, we have to start practicing that. Mm-hmm. Like, we have to start practicing that in music. We certainly have to start practicing that. Like the green room pastor thing, mm. I said with all due respect, and I understand very well as a musician that you need your space. But the green room pastor thing, it has to. We have to, it has to go away, and we have to get mm. to a place of being humbly available. And yes, retreating when we need to retreat. Jesus was really good about that. Um, but the hierarchical side, we've got to sort of flip that hierarchy triangle upside down. Yeah. And and work. What does that look like? What does that look like for you? I mean, yeah. as a as a musician who you're not just a musician, but you know, one of the hottest bands, heading out on tour, doing all these things, like what does it look like for you to have those moments of retreat? I know you guys had a sabbatical in January, which I have a question about that in a minute. But what does it look like for you to even be like, Man, how do I stand on stages with a thousands and thousands of people, yeah, singing and we love Jesus and thank you for leading us? And then practically for you to go, okay, I want to, Jesus said, that's what he said. If you want to be first. Well, I, I, I will say by contrast to my last comment too, I don't envy pastors because I just, even, even, even music, even musicians, like I write love songs and life songs and God songs and all the rest of it. And, and so I feel like I can kind of wiggle out of some of these things, but I, I, I like, I'm not necessarily the mouthpiece of God, but pastors sort of have this, 
thing, you know, yeah. that we've built. I don't want that job, oh, that's man, for me sure. Either. Me either. I just couldn't imagine. It'd be so hard. So I have deep empathy. Um, for us, we call us the we call it the weekend warriors of of music mm. like and basically what that means is some bands will go out and be like yeah man i'm going out for you know three months and i'm never coming home like that's not our gig <laughs> like we'll go yeah. like so i'll leave we'll leave tonight we'll be gone wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday so five days this week only because we're doing rehearsals on wednesday um at the venue but in essence we're gone three when we're on tour we're gone three or four days a week and then when we come home Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we we kind of switch off. You won't you won't be able to do a podcast with me. You're home, um, like yeah, you are home. Yeah, I, That's yeah. I, we sort of put it, I, even on the schedule, you know, like on just very practical note, like iCal shared with management and everyone, like Mariah and I write in all capital Sabbath, and in other words, like don't bother me today, like go away. <laughs> um, because, I mean, again, getting back to the, the sort of Jesus Galilean way, that was one thing he was really good at is like he left. And and Jamie, he left in very, like the other day I was reading, I, I think it was John. And, you know, he'd just done this moment. He's just done this thing where he, you know, there were. I estimate about 12,000 people in the middle of nowhere, so 5,000 guys, probably just as many women and a bunch of kids, Tw let's say 12,000. And they're out in the middle of nowhere, which is a frightful thing because in that day and time, if you can't get back, your kids are fainting, malnutrition, or where are you sleeping, <laughs> right. all the things. Yeah. So he does this great act, and I've never read it this way, but he bailed. Like, he doesn't just like, hey, guys, I got to go, like, PC, sorry. Like he sneaks away and leaves 12,000 people, including his 12 guys, leaves them to figure it out. Like perilously, like, hey, I did this really amazing thing. Like, yeah, you might just love me right now because I give you food, but there's greater food that I'm talking about. Um, and by the way, I'm out. No one could find him. And I thought, man, how cool is that, that the guy that, you know, arguably has the most responsibility over humanity and loves us is literally trusts us enough to go, Hey guys, I know you're in the middle of nowhere. I know you came out here to see me. I feel no responsibility over this. I love you. Figure it out. I've got to go and show a bit of self-care right now. I'll come back later. But it literally says the disciples, like they all waited. Was he gone? And then like the next morning, it says people started like trying to find him. So I took a lot of solace in like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm just going to bail, you know. It's like that friend that you go to a party with and then all of a sudden you look around and you're like, they just left. And like, by they the just way, went Jamie, home. <laughs> as a people pleaser, that really pisses me off when people do that. <laughs> I mean, you didn't even, like, we came together. Yeah, I've got to say goodbye to every single person in the room or I don't feel right about yeah. things, but they'll uh -huh. just like, th th that's a good point. I need to, that's another thing I need to repent for. Like I, I just, <laughs> when people just bail at a meeting, I'm like, how dare you? Like, uh, and that's yeah. actually literally what Jesus did 12,000 times over. Yep. And maybe we just need to realize, you know what? They just, they were taking care of themselves. They needed to just leave. <laughs> yeah, they need to yeah. exit. Self-care. Speaking of Sabbath, I know um, you and Mariah took a little Sabbath uh, in the month of January yeah. and um, I'm walking into a Sabbath uh, in a couple weeks. Uh, 
I mean, we've just been talking about that, like Jesus peacing out in the midst and just really having to take care of him. You guys going on the road for four days, coming home, being three days on. Um, what was that month long kind of rest? What did that do for you guys and why was it needed? Yeah. So we sort of, if you got Sabbaths, you know, sort of once a week, which obviously is not a have to, but a get to. And by the way, if you can, it's going to look different for everyone, but if you can figure it out and do it well, it's really awesome. Like I look forward to those that day every week. Like uh, it's one of my favorite days to be alive. Um, and then sort of the long form of that Sabbath is, as you're mentioning, is the sort of the sabbatical thing as to get into like biblical terminology here. Um, we took about two weeks off. So we had a bit of a staycation one week and then we had a vacation the second week. And, and it's, it's pretty like we go deep on that, like phones away, no con and part now here's another now for us we did we didn't jesus christ that we communicated with everyone hey we're we are going away right <laughs> you yeah. won't be able to find us unless it's an emergency right, but we're but okay we're okay <laughs> we're going away um so that's probably pretty key is like just communicating that there's an expectation there um it's never convenient let me just say that like it's never you're I came back sort of re-entered the atmosphere of life and it was there was some turbulence there that I because I'd taken time away. But I think if you do the sort of equation and you go, hey, how life-giving was this versus how much did I have to sort of pick up the pieces when I got back? I think the equation always bends in the direction of you got to do this thing. Um life-giving. Not only does it actually for overachievers teach other people to like survive without you but also it teaches you to um survive uh and and trust that god's gonna actually the the, the earth is going to continue in its sort of axis without you sort of putting the thing in motion um and as a result and we've done it a couple of years now so i should say the first year when we did it where i was like i'm sort of just terrified to spend a month with you what's that going to look like yeah. <laughs> you know in full disclosure but since then right um which again we we just look for, we protect it we look forward to it yeah. and and it, there's yeah. always something pivotal that comes through even about the year like where are we going where have we been mm -hmm. it, and there's yeah. it's a very unifying time so i highly look married single anywhere in between, I would highly recommend it being something that you build into sort of the practice of your life as best you can. I know there's seasons where people- That's really great. Come. Totally. Our mutual friend, Annie Up Downs, talks a lot about Sabbathine and does it really well. Mm -hmm. And it's been a really big encouragement mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. Okay. I do think you can remember this show. Well, um, the last two things I want to ask you is, number one, right. I took my family to see the Chosen uh, Christmas special. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> you do remember that. I have a question for you. Was y'all's video one camera, one take? And I, I was it. What is it? Was it a nonstop camera? I roll? love. I love that you're even asking that, Jamie, because that I couldn't shows... stop watching because I was like, "Is there a break? Is there a break?" No, was it? Yeah, yeah, it was actually. <gasps> I mean, we so did it. Impressed. We did it for sure. You know, a handful of times just to get the pacing and the timing right. But yeah, it was literally. It was. We were in this really, so we were at the Museum of the Bible, actually, where we shot it. And they have this sort of. Oh, really? In, yeah. We were one of the only ones that shot off the actual, like, chosen uh -huh. set in set, Utah. Uh -huh. But we shot it at the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C., which, by the way, if you're ever there, is a magnificent place. Um, they have this kind of old school Nazareth, Nazareth set. 
and um and it just worked perfectly to sort of meander through the whole thing and sort of chart it out yeah we did um it was so cool go tell it on the mountain if i yep. recall yeah you did you were recalling correct uh there were a lot of videos in that um special and uh my top two you guys were one of them because i could not it was a beautiful song but also it was like this is brilliant i love the way this is set up Thank okay you. this is a show i think you will remember did you just recently play the houston rodeo uh let me think uh, rodeo <laughs> you know okay so if all my career if you had to hold a gun to my head and say hey what what was like the most spectacular moment i'd say two of them i'd say one was when we performed in australia for the first time we actually performed at the sydney opera house which was just okay. sort of a bucketless moment and then the second one would be the houston rodeo and and if you're listening and you don't know about this this jamie this is like this is a Oh, I grew up in Houston. Okay. I actually, before we started chatting, I looked back at the 90, 1995 and 1996, who played there? Because I was trying to remember who would I have seen? I mean, I've seen Randy Travis there. I've seen George Strait there. I've seen Alan Jackson yep. there. Yep. Um, I have seen some shows there. It is so much fun. And that was 20-something years ago. There was literally 53,000 people there. Um, and Texas is always very kind to us anyway, but... Um, have you have you heard of so right before we went on stage we got to watch the whole night actually naturally uh, the, uh -huh. the you know the lassoing and all that stuff but have you heard uh -huh. of mutton busting? No, what is this? Mutton busting. Okay, um, basically five to seven year old Texan children, oh, mm -hmm, which is a very different mm -hmm. breed of children in general. They just have a stamina, <laughs> and I'll tell you why in a moment. They basically put them on the backs of sheep and they hold on and the sheep runs in the stadium and they see how long they can hang on for. And the reason I say that Texan kids are a different breed is because literally the boy that I was watching had a helmet on and the whole thing, so it was very safe, I guess, ran, you know, hung onto the thing, fell off, the sheep fell on him fully, like a big sheep <laughs> fell yeah. on him. And then the boy got up, you know, sort of wind knocked out of him. This guy's five. Like he got up, <laughs> he looked at the camera and he goes, I said, <laughs> he was waving. Any kid, if a sheep fell on him in a stadium with 53,000 people, with a helmet on and, and got winded, we just burst into tears. And this guy's just sitting there waving at the camera. I was like, this is the greatest. Listen, in 15 years, he's going to be at that Houston rodeo uh, trying to hang on for eight seconds on a bull. I'll just tell you that. Yeah, oh, I, that I believe is it. what happens here in Texas. It. No, it was magical. Uh, Joel, I am so happy to chat with you. And it just feels like I got the, the, other, the other part uh, to your family after chatting with your wife last year. And I'm grateful for the work you guys are doing. I'm grateful um, for the music, for the mission, for um, the way you guys are pushing forward the kingdom um, and the ways that God's gifted you. It's a beautiful thing to watch. And so thanks for spending a little time with me. I would like to ask you, are you reading anything? Um, are you loving anything? What's exciting in that aspect of your life right now? Um, I mean, I, I, I really like the podcast situation. You know, there's a great um, Timothy Keller, uh, the great thinker, C.S. Lewis type of our time. He has a podcast. They basically just have sort of accumulated all of his sermons um, 
over the last 20 years and they just pop them up. So look that up. Uh, Gospel in Life, I think is what it's called. I love that. Um, I did I did do a bit of a deep dive into some of the like the big American church podcasts for Rises and Falls and all that. Um, book wise, the Bible. There you go. Um, but also <laughs> um, um, the uh, Good to Great. Oh, um, who is this? Just sort of chronicle, specifically chronicles the author slipping my mind, but it, it kind of chronicles studying companies and businesses and how they sort of statistically, I mean, copious amount of statistics in this podcast just went from, you know, a place of sort of moderate health or, or even not health mm-hmm. to like greatness. And uh, really for anyone that is, look, we're all leaders in some way, shape or form yeah. where mums, mm-hmm. where dads, where business partners, where, you know, we're leaders, in friends and life. And so it, it, I think for anyone I say in leadership, but I think that counts for all of us. Yeah. It, it's a big, it's a it's a, a good read. That's awesome. For sure. I love it so much. Well, Joel, thank you for coming on the happy hour. Have fun on yes, your tour. And let, me, let me say this to you, Jamie. You've been very encouraging to me, but in a closing, encouraging word from Mariah and me to you, I feel the same way about Annie and, and others. Um, it's really pivotal and important that you keep putting your voice out there um and uh i think there's a a real beautiful tide that is shifting in culture and particularly in american christian culture of the rise of women Mm. and it's really important in the arts in in this format in writing for you to continue uh to step up and step out so here's to your husband and and his partnership with you and supporting you but particularly to you, um, because and to to any of you young ladies that are listening, uh, we need you. We need we need we need. I think part of the balance in the kingdom of God is the restoration of the balance between men and, and women and the way that we um, interact with each other. Um, I think it's so key. I mean, even Jesus, I've said this before, I say it the most shows, but Jesus Christ in an age time where women were pushed down. Like if you look at some of his story, he, you know, the first miracle he reluctantly did was for his mom. Mm. The first time he claimed that he was the son of God was to a racial minority outcast woman who was anointed three times, every time by women. Mm. He was funded by women. When all his mates had left him, women were there as he, you know, breathed his last. Mm. The first ones to race out into the world and tell the world the greatest news known to man uh, were women and by the way women didn't have any legal standing in court of law in that time so it wouldn't like he just modeled so beautifully the rise of of, of women mm. and even down to the holy spirit sort of get, you know this sort of feminine uh, spirit that uh is so beautiful so i just i'm just uh we could do a whole other podcast on this yes we could but i'm just i'm i'm, I'm proud of you and excited to see this continue to to flourish. I think it's really important work. Joel, thank you so much. Your, your words mean a lot. So thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys, I told you that was some good encouragement for us women that are listening. I was so grateful for his, um, just his words of encouragement towards this next generation of women and leadership. Well, we have something special for you. I don't know if you remember a couple weeks ago when Rebecca, his sister was on, we played her new song. Uh, Well, that actually Joel sings on as well. But now we have a new song that has just come out recently uh, by For King and Country. It's called Broken Halos. So here's the song. Enjoy it. And then go find it wherever you listen to songs, Spotify, Apple Music, however you're listening to music. 
and download this song and buy Broken Halos from For King and Country. Got up on this house Couldn't find a way back down Trying to find a true north But everything's the wrong way around Busy breaking down the walls Just to build a fence Try to see the other side But no one's bending Way to shout to bear our souls So we shout opinions But nobody listens You guys, don't forget, if you're looking for a gift for Mother's Day or for anyone in your life right now, we have a great gift guide available for you. Go to jamieivy.com slash gift guide. Some of my favorite things there come from the people over at Atonement Design. Parker Clay has some amazing stuff. Rooted for Good. Laurel Box. Crossway Publishing has a book in there. Just a lot of great things that you're going to be able to find. Check those out at jamieivy.com slash gift guide. Thank you so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to give you, and every opportunity we get to point all of us to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is the number one way that people find out about our show. It's because you tell them. 
Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that will make us think, they'll make us laugh, and they'll always point us back to Jesus. And come find me other places on the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm over there at Jamie Ivy. And if you've never visited my YouTube page, you're going to want to go there. Have you ever listened to a show and wondered, I wonder what they look like? Well, go find us over there. It's jamieivy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Show notes are written by Abigail Castell. Graphics are by Amaya Savoy Easton. The show is edited by Angie Elkins. And I'm your host every week, Jamie Ivy. And goodness gracious, I love being here with you guys. Until next time, have a happy hour with a friend.